Well, all right, well, uh, listeners. It's been a while. It has been a while. It has been a while. <laughs> and before I do my previously on, I, I thought I'd open with an experimental bit to get us all in the right headspace. Now, long-time listeners of Dial M, you know that I love accents and voices and try to do as many of them as possible in each episode. What you may not know is that there are some accents and impressions which are so bad or, dare I even say, useless that they've never seen the light of day. Until now. Having said that, oh, I present yes. to you, for a single night only, Mark Wahlberg reads Dune. Ooh. <clears throat> my, my laughter was muted. <laughs> I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. Yeah, you know me. I'm Mark Wahlberg. I'll face my fear. I'll permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I'll turn the inner eye to see its path. When the fear is gone, there'll be nothing. Only I'll remain. Because I'm Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. That, that was great. Bravo. Thank you. That's good. That's and what the people have been waiting for. Really. That's what the people, literally twos of people, have been asking for this. They crave it. They crave it. And every now time that, a good impression is an impression where you say the name of the person you're doing twice. Yeah, at least three times. Yeah. At least three times. Yeah. Now, I have one in queue for the next time we record. Um, it's, it's a completely different impression, but one that I think will be fairly enjoyable. Now, with that out of the way, with Mark Wahlberg out of the way... It's time for our Previously On. Previously, on whichever moronic fever dream caused someone at HBO to label I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry a rewatchable comedy, the game <laughs> finally boards the train to Nerve, encountering well, a large... That sounded very pointed to what you're um, recommending. It was, it was so pointed and honestly uh, worth, worth it. I'm scared worth to look saying at and important now. to say. I I don't know what in my in my HBO history led me to I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry because there are no comedies in there not on HBO I don't understand it anyway um, the gang finally boards the train to Noor encountering a large contingent of Abbey soldiers and their old nemesis Skiara who debarks the train he also disembarks the train but I'm saying debarks to avoid you know confusion. They observe a number of doctors, scientists, and their attendant bodyguards aboard the train as well. While loading a series of boxes onto the train as part of their cover, the group discovers that they are transporting what are likely captured souls from failed astral projection. Yeah, that's horrifying. We're all Meanwhile, meanwhile, wreck any of this. Meanwhile, Rex Texas and Giles Wintergreen decide to make their rounds. They are given raw potatoes by a disgruntled but affirming chef. Finally, they arrive at the first of the prison cars, where they see Father Typhurian, Harold Grendelsbane, they don't know it, but the, ed the editor for Kitty's newspaper, some chick with blue hair, someone from Red's Carpenter Shop, the bar owner of the Night Owl, and that was it, because I went out of order like a fool. As they enter, they observe that the prison car is full, top to bottom, of bizarre monkey-like creatures that are sticking to the walls. That's really weird. They also observe a senior abbey priest uh, seated at a table, apparently in some sort of guard capacity. I should also mention that while you were entering, you could see it from outside the train, but as you're entering the cars as well, uh, you notice that all of the cages, like prisoner cells, are they seem to be organic in some way. And the outside of each of the train cars is coated in dragon turtle hide or shell. Will the gang be able to make magic or will their good luck disappear? Find out on today's episode of Antiques Roadshow 3, Tokyo Thrift. <laughs> Bravo. That, that may be one of the best jokes you've ever said. <laughs> oh boy. I'm here for well, it. Well, good. I'm glad. I am 100% I am here for Tokyo Thrift. Yeah. <laughs> I want shirts made. I, I want that. That actually wouldn't be I a wouldn't bad... That, that's some that's a merch idea for us. Uh, Ooh, that's a good one. 
That's a good one. So, that is where is we that pick what up. happened? Because I don't remember any of that, and I am not the one who's been drinking before you, the podcast. You have to listen to the last episode. It was wild. Some crazy, world-shattering shit happened. But how do I not literally... I was there. I know. I, there. I, think, I know that you were. You hadn't slept. <laughs> well, I like think... a couple days. Well, there's that, but also... Last episode was was more heavily weighted for Herman and uh, Treble than it was for uh, you and Red and Kaiser Soze. We, so. we stayed behind to guard the horrifying bottles of souls. Oh, yeah. Yes, so as it stands right now, uh, Red and Kitty and Mr. S- Kaizo, Kaiser, yeah, whatever. Um, they're you're all in the Kaizo train car. Jicks, right? Kaizo jicks, yeah. Okay. Um, you I are all. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. It like it. <laughs> I actually would have probably been funnier if I had just straight up named him Kaiser Soze, but um, you are currently in the train car uh, with the Tortle Wizard. Uh, the Triton, the Hobgoblin, and the Dwergar Artificer. So that is where we pick up what would you guys like to do. Let's start with the Red and Kitty group. We were told not to let anybody drink these, right? Like somebody was going to... Or touch somebody them? In the, or yeah, be there was somebody them. in the car... Well, there was somebody in the car specifically that we were supposed to keep away from these, right? Yeah. Was it the artificer? It was one of the the magical guys. It was someone with magic. Yeah. <laughs> Henry, help. Who was it that we were told to not let newbies? Um, I think it. I think it was the turtle or the turtle. Excuse me. Okay. Turtle, turtle, they're all a bit shellfish. Ha ha. <laughs> they're not fish. I know, but they have shells. They do have shells. And they want um, everything for themselves. I... We don't have a way to communicate with the other boys, do we? Not, unli- not unless you have sending. Do I have sending? Probably not. Let me check. Uh, no. Also, it's like a third level spell, so it would be a bo- bad way to use third level spells for right now. Yeah, I only have two of those. Um, yeah, you know when I was like, hey, we should definitely not split the party and let those idiots go do idiot stuff? I, but then we let those we let those idiots go do idiot stuff. They're not doing idiot stuff. They're doing important stuff that I would like to know about. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. I think that I am going to be a good a good little pretender and continue to pretend to guard this place but also I want to eavesdrop you want to eavespeep? I want to eavespeep on people that's from Dimension 20 <laughs> yes I know <laughs> I have been watching Dimension 20 <laughs> uh, I just love the term eavesbeep <laughs> it needs to be used in more cool colloquial language just throughout the world Yes. you're not doing sorry okay Nate and Jordan are not doing the thing that I normally do, where we post gifts in our chat. And uh, Nate just posted one that says we're doing God's work, and it's that's a lie. That is a straight up lie, and I slander. Slander. You're lie. not doing that. Stand uh, by it. The, two members, two people on this podcast did do some drinking before we began the podcast, and it is those two. You can't prove that. <laughs> Um, God, we can't. We don't have recordings of when they said we're drinking beforehand. We were like, oh, we should record that. Okay. Um, Anyway, we're just gonna, I guess... um, We are here in this room, and is anything being said or done that we can eaves peep about? So... Yeah, and and I can literally eaves peep because I can read lips. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. Useful. So, the, the, so, so, so alrighty. So this is this is what you see. So the Dwergar artificer is currently. I mentioned last time 
that he had like disassembled a small mechanical device and he was kind of tinkering with that. He's kind of off by himself. The trio of the Tortle, Triton, and Hobgoblin are all seated in, seated in like these overstuffed leather chairs in the corner, and they appear to be conversing with that. You can hear them conversing with one another. So, if you're gonna eaves peep, I would say that direction would be the way. <laughs> it would be the peep and way. The peep and way. Okay. Okay. Let's let's peep in that way. Yep. Okay, um, how, how do you want to do this? Are you, are you gonna act physically move, or um, you wanna roll stealth? I can, um, I mean, we can just see them, right? Like, we can see them sitting around talking? Uh, yeah, you can. Um, and they're not that far can, away from you, so. As long as I can see their mouths, I believe I can read their lips. Yeah. If okay. you see a creature's mouth that's speaking the language you understand, you can interpret its saying by reading its lips. Okay. So I'm um, just gonna, I'm gonna just like that, and then um, I'll pull out because I always have a notepad somewhere on me, and I'll pull out a notepad, and I'm just gonna like point, to, like look at red and point because I know I can't quickly disseminate with my words. Mm-hmm. And just point to the notepad and just start writing stuff down on the notepad. Okay. nods in a way that a sneaky little spy would. <laughs> He's feeling like a sneaky little spy getting to hang out with <laughs> with her while she does this. Little, sneaky little snake. Sneaky little <laughs> snake boy. <laughs> okay. Um, that's, that's great. Uh, okay, so this is what you're able to glean from from the lip reading. Um, they appear to be having a conversation about the priest that's traveling with them and is currently in the very backmost car, train car. Because uh, uh, if you recall, there, are two, there were two prison cars in this train and the Tribble and Herman group is, is only in the first of those. Which I guess you wouldn't know that, but just for for out-of-game clarity, that's, that's what they're talking about. Um, and the Tortle in particular is talking about how it's bizarre that... It's bizarre and a little per, uh, perverse that the priest that they're transporting is the older brother of one of the people in the cells... Oh. Um, How does and, the brother and, feel about that? Um, I mean, you, you're kind of able to glean that it was, in fact, the older brother who, like, helped apprehend the younger one. So oh, there's boy. like a, there's like a, there's a complex dynamic at play there's a there. a complex family drama. Yeah. <laughs> practically caramelized with drama. Um, so, that's the first the first little conversational snippet uh, that you hear. The second one, and this one is sort of interesting because this is just the turtle, or the, tor- god damn it, the turtle speaking, uh, and the other two are silent. Uh, he talks about how before too long, there's going to be a train stop, and they're going to take on a, a few more people uh, b- bound for the south. Hmm. Where? Well... We didn't, we didn't know of any other stops along, did we? N- no, you didn't. But the, you get the sense that, like, it's not an actual town. It's more of just, like, a way station, like, where a train would stop for, like, water or coal. In the, um, the desert. What the fuck? Okay. Yeah. There's a, yeah, I mean, it's a long way to go. Trains gotta top off every now and again. Um, but, they're, but they're going there to pick someone up. 
Um, I don't... They're not so much going to pick someone up specifically. It's more of just a matter of convenience. Like, they're stopping there anyway, and they're going to the same spot. It's... They would they would have to stop anyway to restock on water and wood, so, or coal. So, um, so that's the second conversation, um, and then the third conversation before there's kind of a, a the natural lull in the conversation is uh, the turtle is talking about how he's been working on this experimental medical treatment uh, to help the warden at the Fortress of Nur, which you're going to. Um, oh, does he say, like, does it seem like they know what's wrong with him, or that he's, like, bragging about, you know, Uh, n- it doesn't seem very boastful. It's more, it's more almost scientific. Like, I don't know if this is gonna work, but my research has kind of led me to try this out. Um, and- and the people he's talking to seem to know, like, what he's going... Like, he does... Does he say what he's treating him for, or do they seem to, like, know that there's something wrong with that guy? Uh, they they kind of know. Like, they, they give the impression that they've been with the doctor for quite a while. So they probably have some inkling of what's affecting him specifically. Um, and you even can catch... Well... Y- I guess you're reading lips, so you get all of it. But they're talking about how he's had an ongoing, <laughs> an ongoing issue with issue with being possessed, or repossessed. Oh no um, way! But and but and the reason for that they think has to do with like some biological oddity, it within his body. Well. Like, are they saying what he's been possessed by? Because, like, don't we have a specific god that we're dealing with here? With all of these souls? Um, they don't. They don't specify. Okay. The doctor doesn't specify. Alright. I'm getting very concerned. Yeah. About the spookiness of this, this here train. It sure is goddamn spooky on this train. Um, when are the boys getting back? They have so much information. Well, let's talk to them. Um, so... Let's find out. <laughs> not that let's I'm find not out. part of the boys, but I'm not part of those boys, and I need them back. Um, they, they did post a, a gif of the stepbrothers in suits that says we're here to fuck shit up, and I, yep, that's what I see in my brain right now. Yep, yeah. Uh (laughs) Mm -hmm. yep accurate so when we last left off we had left off in that train car where all of the prisoners were right where like the the bartender from the night owl and all those people were correct Mm mhm yeah, and there was there was somebody there where they like they're like kind of watching they're kind of the main guard of this area. Is that correct? The what? Yeah, there's one guard that you can see who's seated at a wooden table, and you get the sense that he's like the key holder for that car. Okay, so I'm gonna walk up to the key holder of the car and say, "All right, uh, guard change. Time to switch out the guard. Uh, we're here to replace you." Uh, union mandated thirty minute break. Um, I know it's just the rules we got to abide by. So, yep. So um, in trouble. Kind of goes to like push him out of his chair. Like not push, but like gently. Like all right, time to get up. Roll, Go on your break. Roll persuasion. I could do that. I believe in you. Oh, I can. I can be bad at that. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, does an eleven work? Oh no, it does not. <laughs> um. <laughs> that was that was such a like dire oh no. <laughs> so when you say this, um the the guard is looking away from you and when he turns back you re uh you realize one that the guard is a warforged and instead of like the traditional warforged look of having two eyes this guy just has a single glowing, like, uh, slit 
in his face. And there's like little gleams of red light coming out of it. And so that's that's the first thing you see. The second thing which you hear is No, this 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 is not a union position. Listen, oh, unless okay. that was a well, poor attempted at humor. Oh, of of course it was. I don't have the greatest sense of humor. See, I'm not the funny one. My friend here, he's a world-renowned clown, so he's really kind of the funny one of the group. I just try my hardest. But no reality. We were sent here from the leader of the abbey to interrogate these prisoners, and uh, you know how interrogations go. They don't want any witnesses, so if you want to just leave and kind of save yourself from what we're about to do, we'll... Uh, We'll take it from here, and we'll we'll let you know when you can come back. Treble, Treble made a bad persuasion check, and then was like, "Let me try to persuade a different way." Double down, baby. Let me let me double down. And that's exactly it. what I was trying that's to like, do. Let me try that's it again. like a little. That's like a little kid who gets the no from dad, so he goes to mom to get the yes. <laughs> dad and mom right. are both Henry, though. I know that's the problem. <laughs> um, you're gonna need to make a charisma saving throw. Can I, can I, is Herman's, can, like, he be, like, juggling and, like, you know, help me with the, uh, the assist on this? Sure. Uh, Herman, do you want to help him out or you want to let him stand on his own? No, I'm going to help him out. 100%. I'm in it to win it. Okay. Like, right, how can he so help you with the saving throw? I thought he ju- you just said saving throw. I did oh. s- I did say I, uh, say a saving throw. Um, okay, is this a spell or a magical effect that I'm having to save against? Um, yes. Okay, I have advantage if that's the case. Okay, let me. Well, so the thing that prompts this is, uh, well, for one, you see the like the slit in the warforge's face it glows extremely brightly for like a couple seconds so much so that you have to like squint your eyes if you're looking at him um so so go ahead and make your yeah make your roll my first roll was a two which i'm glad i had advantage because i got a uh 23 for my second dang okay um well, then, aside from your eyes stinging slightly, uh, nothing else happens. Hmm. So do I get to make a, another persuasion check to try and get him to leave? <laughs> how many times um, can I keep rolling dice? <laughs> how many times can I keep rolling dice? Uh, no. However, Damn it. he is going to... Uh, he's going to stand up and uh on his desk he has what looks to be a little crystal bowl and he puts what look to be a couple of sticks of incense in it and he lights it and there's a smell of like jasmine and oh, le- and lemongrass in the air you're a Wiccan? I have a cousin who was a Wiccan. She's super into crystals and incense. She's super rad. So, like, that's cool. I think that's cool. Without even looking at you, the Warforge raises his arm, and then he raises a single finger, to let, giving you the weight. And then, after a second, the, instant, the incense... Uh, the f- color of the fire changes so that it's purple. And you notice that the creatures outside of the cages that are all over this train car go quiet. And the head pivots to you and says, I'm going to go and get refreshment. I have lit this incense so that the Sioux beasts do not disturb you. And he like gestures with his head up at the weird monkey creatures. Having said that, if I'm not back in five minutes... Well, don't exacerbate them. And with that, he gets up, he takes his sort of pilgrim-looking hat, 
wide-brimmed, tall, conical hat and uh, exits the train car. And he exits away from where you guys entered. So he actually enters into the second uh, prison car. Okay. Did he take the keys with him? Uh, yes, he did. <laughs> At least you do not see the, any keys on the table. Okay. I'm going to... Once he leaves, I'm going to go up to the door that the bartender of the Night Owl is in. Like, of the cage that he's in. And I'm going to cast Knock. And... And draw uh, attention to everyone on this train. Well... A loud knock audible from as far away as 300 feet. So I would imagine... <laughs> Everybody well, we on went this through train. a bunch of... So a bunch of prisoners heard a knock, but I don't know if anybody else did. So, and then how, I can... How many feet the... is 300? How big is that? Um, it, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's that's a lot probably more than a it's train a, car, it's, right? It's a, it's a football field. <laughs> it's a little bigger than a single train car. But it is a knock that, like... It, like, it is a somebody, magical... It, are, it is like a thunder boom, is what the okay. spell is. I mean... It's not just like it's a... a la- it's not, it's not it's like no, a... The way it's described is, is it says it's a loud well, knock. Well... I would argue that a loud knock would... It, we're not in a video game here where it's, it's like, it's, what it's, was that? It's a loud knock th- <laughs> that you can hear 300 feet away. Well, I, not that, I will... It's not like somebody... On a door. I will say this for the mechanics of the spell. It's a good spell that lets you unlock any door. So they made it so that it has a trade-off of you can unlock any door, but people will know you did that, and that's why the loud knock is there. <laughs> like, that's part of the well, mechanics of the spell. I'm assuming that the closest, the closest non... Or, like, the closest guard was the Warforged, and he knows that we had to go into the cage. So I'm assuming he's just walking away. So I feel I don't, like I'm I don't think it's a bad idea it. to try. I'm just saying, like, that's that's why they built the spell that way, was so that there was a trade-off, because it's such a powerful spell if it doesn't draw attention. Yeah, oh, are we on the last... Sure. We're on the last car of the train, right? Second to last. Second to last car of the train. Okay, well, I'm going to go to the door where the Warforge walked through and just kind of hold the door... And pretend that the door is stuck shut if anybody tries to come through it. And just hold it shut. <laughs> oh no, I'm trying to unlock the door. Yeah, I'm trying, it just it won't go. <laughs> okay, okay. Do I successfully unlock the door? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, you do. Okay, so is the now, is the bartender of the night owl is he conscious? No, he is not conscious. Um, now, while you do open the door, you also notice that when the door opens, the actual walls of the cage sort of contract a little bit, um, and you kind of like just by looking at them. As I mentioned before, it's they look organic. So it almost feels like the cell itself is kind of reacting to what you're doing. Okay. Oh yeah, I did magic in a anti-magic. Okay, so I'm gonna go up to the bartender and try and wake them up. Whether that's using like, I don't know if that'd be a medicine check or I'm just gonna try and like bring them back, maybe splash some water on their face or something like that. Uh, you can do a medicine check. That's fine. Uh, that's a 20. A n- not natural 20. Okay. Okay. Now, doing your best Vigo Mortensen impression, you make the the, the deduction, he needs elvish medicine. No. Um, Herman, get some king's foil. <laughs> king's foil? That's a weed. <laughs> no, uh, you... So it, you get the sense that he might be... Like, the closest comparison would be like a medically induced coma. Um, okay. Though he's, fa- he's attached to the wall with restraints, but there's also a bizarre... Like a cord almost that's hooked into like 
the middle of his back and there's like fluid draining out of it um oh. and it's connected to the wall of the cell okay hmm. he's in one of those matrix gonna... pods yeah i'm gonna try he's a fuel cell remove. for the robots <laughs> the, all... the battery he's just a big battery <laughs> yeah a year and a half of this campaign it's all led up to this moment <laughs> the robots it's um, all been I'm gonna the try robots. And take the take the cord out of his head or out of wherever out of his back attached. okay yeah um so for one uh it actually takes quite a bit of effort to remove that cord. Um, and when you pull it out, it takes with it, like, some of the flesh that it was ar- that was oh. around it. Um, this became a body which, horror which in a way, so fast. <laughs> which, in a way, is a very effective way of waking someone up, because he does wake up. Yeah! And uh, yeah. it's not pleasant. Um he wakes up and immediately starts just groaning and it okay, makes it it makes it worse because he he also like in, instead of being able to like cover his wound at all because he's attached to the wall he can't really move to do anything about it so it sucks okay i'm going to cast healing word on the on the wound and try and heal it up a bit okay okay so it's a 1d4 plus 3 uh, two plus three is five. He heals for five. Okay. Well, that's probably at, at this stage in this man's life. That's probably the equivalent of putting like a heating pad on a torn muscle. Like it's nice, <laughs> but it doesn't quite. It doesn't quite Do go all the, the way. My healing word is calm, friend. Calm. Oh, and good. That'll do, pig. That'll do. I try and like bring him back to like consciousness, like where he can kind of see who's who's helping him and see if he can like recognize me, and so he doesn't like freak out or anything like that. Okay. Um. Yeah. So after after a little bit, he kind of passes out, and then his eyes flutter open. Um. And I should have also mentioned, he actually has a name. Um, his name is Talon, the half-orc Talon. Talon, that's right. Yeah. And he opens his eyes like, how are, how are you here? Talon, I, I want to answer all of your questions, but there, there is no time. I need to know what happened to you. That makes, that makes two of us. I... I was tending bar at the night owl. I was serving a drink to 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 Harold, and there was a loud. Oh shit! Old Harold still there? Oh fuck! That guy's awesome. Okay. No, no, no! The right. cop, Grendelsbane. Oh shit! Oh shit! It's young Harold. Oh, different Harold. The bad one. Damn it! I like. I like old Harold. Um, okay. <laughs> there was there was a loud crash that kicked in my door. There was one of the tears. Um, he had he had the fireflies. There was also he had like some sort of demon. He asked about you, and I didn't know. Hadn't seen you in a few days. And then he says... What else did he say? Well, then he says... uh, Perhaps you'll remember more... In another place. And... The last few days have just been... Waking nightmares. Okay. Okay. Talon, I am very sorry. And I need you to trust me that... I will get you out of here. I, me and my friends are here to help you, okay? But I need you to go back. I'm going to put this thing back in you. I have to go back under. But it's, we're, trying to, we're trying to help you, okay? Fuck. And so Treble takes the cord and says, 
I will see you soon, my friend. And he sticks it back in the ah! wound. Oh my as, god, as as oh my god. The... So he starts he starts to, to let out a scream and then it just dies in his throat and he kind of just falls limp against the wall. Okay, Trouble stands up and he take he's this is gonna sound super gross, but he takes a little bit of the blood from the wound and kind of puts it on his hands to kind of make it look like he was interrogating, and then he takes the dagger out of his pocket and kind of cuts a little bit on Talon's face Oof. just so that it looks like he was like interrogating him. And he stands back up, puts his dagger back, and then walks towards Herman and is like, We have to go. This is the rawest shit. Alright, let's get out of here. Oh my god. Disgusting. Oh, fuck. Um, so, in the course of having this conversation, the incense has burned out. Oh my god, content warning this episode. Content warning everything that just... Everything that, the last Um, last five minutes, content warning. Uh, as you, so you guys are getting ready to, to leave this car, is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Are you, uh, Herman? Are you still standing at the opposite door? Yeah. Uh, okay. You you hear the sound of somebody coming through through the the far door. Question: okay. Did we back in the other car? Did we hear the knock? Hear the knock. Um, you did hear a loud noise, but also because it's a train. Cool. Uh. You wouldn't necessarily be able to know if it was, like, just train noise or... Great, that's good. Okay, continue. So the door that I'm by, is that towards the last car on the train? Correct. Got it. Okay, so as I hear somebody come, I'm gonna run to the other side with Treble to try and get through the other door before they come back. Head back towards Kitty and uh, Red. Okay. Um, go ahead and make a strength check on the door. Okay. Uh, I think I get advantage on strength checks. I believe you do. If you're raging. If you're raging. Oh, Um, that's a good point. That's a very good point. Okay, so I rolled a 13, but I've got to have some sort of bonus to my strength. Uh, plus four. 17. 17, okay. Um... The door is very, for lack of a better word, sticky. Like, you really have to work at getting... At getting that, uh... Getting the door open. Um... And when you do, your nostrils are overwhelmed with the smell of, like, iron. Which is to say, that's kind of what blood smells like. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but you're able to get through that door, um, and now you guys find yourselves in the the dining car with the kind-hearted but irascible chef giving you raw potatoes. Wait, the dining car smells I'm like blood. And... No, 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 no. So the door, the doorway into the prison car. Oh, got it. When it opened, it smelled like got that. It. But that's like there's a door there, and then there's a door to get into the dining car. Mm-hmm. And then that smell is okay. gone. So, um, let's. Okay, when p- we get in that room, okay. Oh, I'm just gonna say, all right, Herman, let's act normal, and we just continue walking forward, trying to make our way through the car. Okay. I walk like normal people walk. <laughs> okay. Um, now, pa- uh, panning back to the to the executive VIP car. Um, Red and Kitty. Mm-hmm. What are you guys doing? Feeling disgust, but we don't know why. Yeah, we're we're shivering in horror for no reason um, that we can discern. We have goosebumps. All my hair is everywhere, standing up on every end, and they don't... We're... We, we've been um, eavesdropping, eavespeeping, I should say, on these people... Um, is there any additional, like, people walking through, or did we see anyone go by, like, towards the sound that we heard, 
Or has anyone tried to get uh, into, like, the the little things we're guarding? So, y- yes. Yes, in a, in a word, yes. Um, two, two things happen that you observe. The first is that when that sound happens and you guys hear it, uh, the hobgoblin, the well-dressed hobgoblin, like, cocks his head up and he exits the car and actually heads that direction. Um... The second thing that happens is the turtle also like sees the hobgoblin do that and hears it, hears the sound as well, and he makes an intricate symbol in the air, and wherever he moves his finger, there's like a glowing trail of dust, and he makes like this ornate glyph, and in the air in front of him, there appears a little portal. How and little? Kind of. Um, probably about, I guess it's not that little, maybe three feet by three feet altogether. Um, first an arm, like, reaches its way through like you were doing almost a breaststroke, or is it butterfly or breaststroke? I think it's breaststroke. Like, you have, like, almost... Wait, hmm. the turtle is climbing into this three-foot portal? No, 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 no. Something is climbing out of the portal. Oh, God, okay. Horrifying. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not very good at describing this this weird, uh, <laughs> not the creature, but the pose that it, it's got coming out of the thing. I mean, I imagine basically it's the first pose a, an that you R, would it, have it, to have if you were climbing through a three foot hole. Like it's a little bit unwieldy. If you're human size, yeah. Like arm arms come first, gripping the sides, and then you kind of pull. Pull yeah. your thing through. Um, you're not entirely sure what this thing is. It stands in total about four feet tall. Um, it has it has like you can't tell if it's if it's wearing a hood or if there's a hood attached to like its body, but its entire face area is like covered, except that you can see these extremely long. Uh, like razor sharp teeth in a big Cheshire cat grin. It's the mouth of Sauron, but small. Um, the other, perhaps the actually the most off-putting thing that you see, um, where it would have a stomach, there is also a mouth. No. Um, and it's the mouth of so, Sauron and, crossed with like lust from Full Metal Alchemist. Sorry, I have to make a lot of references to visually understand it's got so it it has a a, uh like a vertically oriented mouth in its stomach um Mm -mm. which also has the same style of sharpened teeth that are present on its Mm -hmm. face i said less earlier and and gluttony and i think everyone knew that but there you go oh you can have a lusty stomach yeah (laughs) those two hang out together a lot so Um, but this creature, pale, pale grayish creature, um, kind of takes a minute to gather itself and tries to stretch to its full height, which is sort of anticlimactic because it's only about four feet tall. Um, and it gives this odd little jaunty salute to the turtle. Mm-hmm. And you, Kitty, would be able to re- read the lips of the turtle. He's like kindly go and investigate what that was <laughs> and if you get peckish Duh. pick them from car two and the creature gives a nod and a <laughs> and and uh instead of <laughs> and exits through a hole in the ceiling um, oh and starts, Wait, was the hole already there w- in the ceiling? Yeah, yeah. It was. It's just like a ventilation oh, okay. skylight right. sort of thing. It, every every. I, sh- I'm, I apologize. I should have mentioned that every one of the cars, except for the prison car, has a skylight. So probably would have helped for planning purposes. But um, okay, I look at Kitty with a look of a horror, and also should we? The look on my face is, should we probably go do something about that? Is that probably us? 
uh, she just writes on the notepad, yes, underline exclamation mark. Okay. Um, we need to follow this then, thing in that direction. Yeah, but I don't know how to get, like, just how to fuck out of here without calling attention to us following the thing the fuck out of here. Well, we're just dressed as guards, right? And have other guards been moving through here, patrolling? No, we were left here by a different guard, right? Like, we relieved a guard? You relieved a guard, but you still... People check in now and again. Um, Okay, so I I think if we just, like, look like we know what we're doing and, like, we're supposed to go do something... And not leave, like, oh. immediately the same second that this guy leaves, but, like, wait a few seconds. I think we can just walk that way. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna try that. <laughs> Great. Okay. Yes. If someone stops me, um, I will immediately stop, but that is what I'm doing. <laughs> you are not stopped. Okay. Um, but you, Kaizo does not go with you. He remains in the room. Great, good. Okay. Pres- presumably to keep an eye on the others. Great. Great. Great, great, great. <laughs> <laughs> fuck, oh. fuck, 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 fuck. You dumb fucks. God damn. So, well, so y- you are now entering another passenger car. Um, you see some of the guards that have been kind of filtering in and out of the car that you were in. Um, there's at least four of them playing cards at a table. And then a couple who appear to be on active rounds. Um, but they... Uh, either they didn't... Uh, they didn't pay much heed to the noise, or they already sent somebody to deal with it. So... Everything is hunky-dory. Great. Fucking hell. Where those idiots are going to be dead by the time we get there? Let's pan back to... <laughs> those idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Whip pan to other group. Uh, other group, you are in the dining car. Uh, you're on your way back. What are you guys wanting to do? I think the idea is we're going to head back to Red and Kitty and let them know that we found people we know in cages, right? Does that sound about right to you, Treble? Yeah, but while we do it, Treble's gonna, like, you know how when you go to a big city, you get, like, the police officers or, like, the train attendants who, like, walk around and check everybody's tickets to make sure that they've actually paid to get on? Treble's gonna go around to all the people in the dining car and be like, tickets, please, let me see them. Let me see them. I'm just... Just, like, writing down on, like, a piece of paper, like, "Uh uh-huh, I see, this ticket looks like it could be expired, and he's gonna, like, all right, I'll let you pass this time, and just try and make it look like he's doing his rounds, and, but, like, while proceeding forward. Okay, um... Okay! uh, Go ahead and roll performance. How good of a train conductor do you think you are? Let's see, how good of a train conductor am I? Ooh. I mean, you're a natural uh, performer, so this should be easy. 17. Okay. Def- defying conventional logic, you, you make a great train conductor, making the natural career leap from nightclub musician to, to train conductor. That's the dream. That's the dream. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, Herman, are you doing anything while... This is going on? Or are you just trying to be like the the heavy that backs him up if somebody gives him <laughs> trouble about their ticket? Yeah, I just got my arms crossed, just staring at the people <laughs> really intensely. <laughs> while he asks them. You're you're the guy going papers, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a good game! It is a good game. <laughs> so you make your way through the ki- through the dining car without incident. You are now in the third and final passenger car. And Kitty and Red are just on the other side, just about to enter this car. Um, In front of you is the well-dressed hobgoblin from before. Only now he is drawn... He he has it maybe a quarter of the way out of its sheath, but he's about, like, 
quarter of the way drawing his his katana from beneath his suit coat. Oh, oh shit. great! In which direction? Well, toward toward toward, toward you, um, or rather, or more accurately, t- toward the direction that the sound came from. Got it. And when he sees uh, when he sees you, Herman, he sheathes the sword and like gives you a gives you a nod, and then comes up to you and is like, "Is everything okay back there?" Uh, yeah, everything's everything's fine. Why? Why do you ask? Well, I heard a noise, and uh, he holds out to you his his wrist and you realize that on his wrist he has like this ornately crafted timepiece he's like i got a well you know i got a a hint that something magical happened back in one of the cells had to check it out mm-hmm. oh yeah we didn't uh we didn't see anything magical back there you should go you should go take a look we were just in the dining cart, so we didn't see anything in the dining cart. Anything strange in the dining cart. Dining cart, dining cart, dining cart. <laughs> dining cart. Well, that takes some that doing, because that ship's a real piece of work. It makes a mean potato, though. Well, it's a mean raw potato. That, that he does, you know. He, he swears by starch and... Oh. And the reason he says oh is because the four-foot creature which you have been yet to be yet to be introduced to has entered this compartment. And it gives you guys the up and down first of all. And uh for, then it says Seki that's nah, not it. That's like that's a Muppet voice. <laughs> Seki, did you did you find anything? Well, these folks uh, say that they were just back that way, and they didn't they didn't hear anything? Question mark. <laughs> that's interesting because they have a certain scent about them that is conflicting with that version of the truth. What, uh... Listen, man, my, my, my water got turned off at my apartment, so if my smell is kind of, like, B.O., I'm really sorry. I haven't been able to take a shower in a couple days, and <laughs> my deodorant ran out in between paychecks, so, like, I, I'm sorry. It's, that's probably what you're smelling. Um, the Cheshire Cat mouth becomes this very wide and somewhat malevolent grin. And you hear, No, 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 no. That's not the smell I'm talking about. You know, there's a certain organic compound that gets released into the air when spells are used on this train. Okay, you caught me. I have a yeast infection. Oh my Sorry. god! <laughs> oh god. Oh fuck. That's that's probably what you're smelling. Oh dear. I, again, I'm sorry. Oh my at this my point, prescription ran out. <laughs> at this point, Seki has like just short of fully drawing it out, drawing out the sword. And uh, the creature has sort of shifted into what I guess could be could be described as attack mode. Um, it's it's on all fours at this point, with its head kind of cocked forward. Um, like, so you wanna you wanna try one more time to give me something real? Trouble like puts his nose up in the air and is like, 
oh, shit, yeah, you know, I smell it too, and I think it's that guy. And he points at just some random person that's close by. It's like, yeah, I think I think what you're smelling is coming from that guy. It was, like, so strong when I was oh, looking at his ticket. Know. He said that it was, like, I, I don't know, it must have gotten on me a little bit, but I think it's that guy. Okay, go ahead and roll persuasion. Oh, please. The- I can't emphasize enough to you how important this is. <laughs> um, does a fourteen work? Well, no. you need oh, you no. <laughs> you need it you needed a thirteen, so a fourteen will work, but it is not Ooh. without consequences. <laughs> you should murder whatever guy you point at. <laughs> so the creature, first of all, squints at you. And then it, like, sniffs the air a little bit, tilts its head, looks at the guy. And in the blink of an eye, like, like if you ever watched a frog jump, it, like, leaps from its, from its back legs forward. And kind of up onto the table that this guy is sitting at. And the jaws that make up its stomach open. And these tendrils come out and physically pull this guy into its stomach. Oh no. No. No, no, no. No, no, no. And well, after like after a the sound of literally the gnashing of teeth. Um and this sort of bone crunching crackly noise. Uh <clears throat> Well, I hope he was guilty. I guess I'll digest him and find out. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he probably was guilty. Yep, Um, case closed. We we got a lot of we got a lot of tickets to. We're supposed to to be the good guys of this campaign, guys. Guys. (laughs) (laughs) He just fully got someone murked. Just we're like we're like supposed to be the good guys. Oh my god. Hey, we didn't. It doesn't matter. Doc can bring him back if he was innocent. No. Well, maybe. Good joke. Yeah. So, lots of lots of tickets to check. So, like I said, we're gonna get going. So, hey, wait, did you make it? Did you search. make it gluttony? Hold on, like, kid. Just for me, just like because you know that I like Full Alchemist so much. <laughs> no, no, this was one just for oh, me, good. actually. Okay. Hey, kid. And when he says kid, he's talking to you, Treble. Kid, one of you actually has food on you. Give it over. Give him the potatoes. I pull out the bag of potatoes, whatever's left, and I hand him the bag. Like, kind of, like, timidly so he doesn't digest my hand. (laughs) You've got to be fucking kidding me. This will take hours to digest. (sighs) Fine. And unhinges his actual jaw and, like, swallows bag of potatoes in entirety. You know, I hear... My grandma used to say there's there's a good amount of fiber in the, in the knapsack bag, so... Uh, good pooping to ya. So, I'll, I'll <laughs> see you later. Die. Good Wow. Is that how we end this horrifying episode? That can't be it, right? <laughs> Good. I mean, I don't know that I could think, come up with a better ending line than that. I had, I had something, but. Oh my god! Oh my god! Maybe next time you should keep some meat with you. Oh, fuck. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Uh, for next time. Okay, bye. Actually, before you go. Did you see my brother back there at all? Uh, shorter guy, has a mouth in his stomach, kind of like you. Uh, I mean, I guess if he's sitting, he's short, but if he stands, he's actually quite tall. He's, he's kind of oh, tall, yes. he's tall and thin, same complexion. Yeah, I think I saw him back there, uh... Yeah, you know, bad memory, got kicked in a horse, head by a horse, so I'm gonna go. Well, okay, see if you see him again, and he, like, 
he like puts his hand and you, well one his hand is like also covered in talons so he like very gently puts his hand on you and you can feel like there is nothing that can move this man like or this creature rather just solid knots of muscle like holding you back he's like oh God. next time you see you see him tell him his brother's looking for him and uh yeah oh his name is famine uh, just tell him well, I'm looking okay. for him. We'll do it. Rex, you, you got that? We yep. Tell tell that guy to, that his brother's looking for yep. him. Yep, fam it. We'll run it down. Run it down, yep. We'll, we'll keep an eye out. And we're kind of slowly trying to back our way towards the door. Like, yeah, okay, sounds good. Oh, I should have said, my name's Feast. F- Feast and Famine, that, that's a good, that's a good one. Um, yeah. Okay, okay, bye. Fare thee well. When we open the door and, like, close the door to, like, you know, where there's that little part between the the trains, Treble's gonna look at Herman and be like, What the fuck was that? Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Dial M for Magic. Our cast, as always, was Jordan Fugit as Treble, Dan Robland as Red, Nathan Pierce as Herman Cranberry, Bobby K. Kuffner as Kitty, and the DM was me, Henry Roebland. As always, we're grateful for our listeners, and we thank you for joining us on the journey so far, and for the many, many journeys still to come. If you'd like to listen to upcoming episodes early, as well as get some fun bonus content, be sure to find us on Patreon 